Welcome to the Up and Down with Daniel and Upendo, uh, bringing together two friends who have something to say about everything and even more to do about nothing. Bonded over more than 15 years of career milestones, boyfriends, husbands, hairstyles, and a pandemic, Upenda and I share an infectious joy for life that is only brightened by the colorful cast of friends, family, and characters we will introduce to you through this show. The Up and Down offers you a glimpse into our lives as upwardly mobile Gen Xers with a passion for all things downtown. During the day, we are professional social workers ready to serve our community and raise up justice. But at night, we are equally ready to celebrate our shared thirst for entertainment, culture, travel, food, and just about any damn thing else. Sit back to learn, love, and laugh with two authentic souls who are dear friends committed in our adventures to leave this world safer, happier, and shinier than it was when they came into it. And welcome back to the Up and Down. <laughs> how you doing, Yupenda? Hey, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm actually... Awesome. I probably say that every single time, but every time I sit in this seat with these um, earphones on my head, I feel amazing. Well, I feel amazing because I'm here with you. That's very, very, very sweet. It's a little bit warm in here today, and I'm wearing a sweater. I'm not exactly sure. I literally was about to say that. He is wearing a sweatshirt, so duh, no no wonder that you are a little warm. And you feel warm. But I look good. Okay. All right. Let's let's keep the the show moving. Uh, you know, I actually, I, I am feeling really blessed uh, to have this format. I feel like we are beginning to find our voice. And, um, you know, I'm also feeling really energized by the launch of our first move towards commercial flight um, uh, space travel today, which was pretty cool to watch that happen today. I know. And what made it even more exciting is that it was someone, um, Elon Musk, with Space Force that did this. This was not anyone's government. This was an uh, individual who had the means to make it happen with the support of our government. But I, I'm really impressed that he had a vision years ago for this, this, this to happen, and it actually happened for him. So bravo to Mr. Musk. Bravo, Mr. Musk. Are you ready to buy your ticket to uh, head to space? Yeah, I, I actually said this years ago, like if I was given the opportunity to go in space, because you know I'm a sci-fi buff. You, uh, you, you definitely a are a sci-fi buff. Sci-fi buff. Mm-hmm. If I was given the opportunity to leave this world and knowing that I would never come back, uh, bye. Seriously? I would be out of here. Wait a minute. Uh, would you be first in line? Would you need to be like... A hundredth in line? How, how ready I would be ready? the first in line. All right. I'm very, you know very, I'm very impressed. Sci- sci-fi you are a sci-fi buff, but dying is not part of the sci-fi fantasy. It's not about dying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, really? So so Greg is in the back playing the, the noise. But, but no, seriously, I don't see it as, as dying. I see it as an adventure and an opportunity to explore. And so I love to explore. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, back in the day, my biggest thrill was wanting to jump off a um, and do bungee jump off of a bridge and i think i'm done with that too so all righty then <laughs> so what do we have going on for today daniel well today is a special day you penda mm. today is a very special day why is it so special because daniel? well i like to celebrate first first Absolutely. Remember your first time my, okay we won't go there oh yeah yeah i'm gonna go there wait <laughs> this is an open field absolutely my first time what being in the seat <laughs> 
That was for you, Grandma. She knows you're listening. <laughs> so today is our first one. Today is uh, one of our first. And today is our first guest. We have a guest on our show today for the first time. Woo! Actually, if, if our producer was paying attention, he would have given us an applause. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, producer. It, it, thank you, producer. Uh, but this is our first time having a guest, which we have been excited about yes. having a guest. But we've also been we've been sort of patient in having the opportunity to bring somebody on to the up and down. And I'm really excited about it. I am really excited too because the guest that you are going to announce is someone that I actually, actually you're know. going to announce the guest. I am. Yes. Yeah, so get ready for that. No, no, you're going to introduce <laughs> him. Okay. Just because he he's 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 a friend. Absolutely. So, but what you were saying, you, what were you saying about about guests? That he's our first guest. He's someone that I know by way of another friend. And so, um, who we are um, have on the show today is someone that I think is one of the most successful people that I know in my circle. Really? Yes. That's a pretty dang big statement because I'm in your circle. I know the people in our circle. <laughs> and so now I'm intimidated to be having this person as my first guest. And maybe I need to go to the bathroom. No, but, but <laughs> the one thing he doesn't have on you. What's that? Yale. Uh, you know what? Yale don't mean nothing if you're trying to pay those bills, right? That is true. <laughs> Yale don't mean true. nothing. It's that about what true. you do after Yale. Uh, but that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother episode. So we are ready to um, introduce our first guest ever on the Up and Down show. Yay. Great, that was your your cue for yay again. What's going on, Mr. Producer? I'm like queuing you up. <laughs> uh, we have Mr. Larry Patrick here, who um, I actually don't know much about Larry. I met Larry about 10 minutes ago, and I'm excited to hear your story, um, hear about who you are. I know that you've had some great successes, and I also know that you are the most successful person <laughs> that you pinned the nose, which is damn impressive. So I want He's to- one intro- of the most successful people that I know in my circle. All right, so we are introducing Mr. Larry Patrick from- <laughs> Greg, you are so off. We're going to have to have a meeting about the, the timing of all of our little cues coming here. Um, so without further ado, introducing Mr. Larry Patrick. So Larry, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. And thank you for that intro. I know, right? Yes. Wasn't it awesome? It was awesome. It was awesome. This is awesome. I'm well, proud of both of you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. So, so I want to share this with our, our audience that... I met Larry probably about two or three years ago, and I met him via another friend. And I remember me and Larry, when we first was introduced, we had this banter, automatic banter, where he would jive it with me and I would jive with him. And kind of like Martin and Pam, that kind of just like just. And I'm Martin. Of course, you're Martin. (laughs) Name above title. (laughs) Of course, I was Martin. He was Pam in the in the situation. But seriously, I met him. We we had a good banter, but seriously, we had a good respect for each other. Yes, I respect what you do. I respect how you present yourself in this world, and I'm so glad that you are here to share your story with us. So I'm just going to turn it over to you now. Well, again, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm uh, thrilled and excited and honored and um, all of those good things. So where do you want me to start? 
Tell us about yourself. I know that you've worked in the investment world, but um, but before we get into the actual what you've done that make you the most successful person that this woman knows, <laughs> where did you come from that led you to what, what you do today? So I'm going to provide a little bit detail about my background because I think it's important as you think about, you know, I remember when I was a kid, oftentimes- well, where, did you, where did you grow up at? Tell us I that. I grew up in West Palm Beach, Florida. All right. Which, uh, for your audience- you know, oftentimes they hear West Palm Beach and they think of palm trees and beaches, which that, that does exist. That's not where I grew up. I grew up in what we refer to as the hood uh, off of Rosemary Avenue. If you're from the area in the projects, that's that was I was where I yeah, born and raised. OK, my dad, uh, when I was in sixth grade, lost his eyesight to glaucoma. So you can imagine as a young man growing up. In the inner city, in the housing projects, your father, who was supposed to guide you through the rest of life, uh, becomes blind. And so from that point, I had to learn to manage the streets and manage life uh, as a young man coming of age. I'll be 52 in August. Well, you look good to be 52, Larry. Thank you. Thank you. I work out. (laughs) (laughs) I work out. (laughs) I love it. I'm trying to keep up. So, but but the importance of that is if you... uh, do a history of South Florida and you understand when drugs really came in and amassed the South Florida, it was right when I was coming of age as a young man. And so if you think about all of those dynamics, and I know that people who didn't grow up with a father at all, so I'm not trying to discount their journey, but when you're coming of age, drugs and crack cocaine and gangs are starting to infiltrate your communities and your dad can't see. So, and just for, 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 um, our audience, we're talking about the 80s right now, right? So West yes. Palm Beach, late yes. 70s, 80s. Yes, late yeah. 70s, early 80s. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, Tough yes. Time. But I love where I'm from. I wouldn't be the man I am now if it wasn't for that journey. So oh, let me be clear. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that res- resiliency is very, very um, important. And clearly you you are resilient. Absolutely. Through absolutely. all those 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 um, instances of, of growing up with those challenges. Yes, absolutely. So we all have stories, Larry. You know, we've all entered. The, I'm from Los Angeles, and Upenda is from. I was I was born in Riviera Beach. And it's interesting that no matter where you grow up, there are stories of persevering and resilience. You know, we all have hoods, no matter where we are in this country. Yes. And so I think um, just from your brief intro so far, it's I'm really curious. What was your next step then, right? So you grew up in in the hood, as you say. Your father has glaucoma, isn't able to provide and be that sort of um, father that you sort of dream about as far as providing. Perhaps I'm just I'm creating story. So what was your next step with that? Yeah. So let me clarify. So my dad, despite and this is one of the things you talk about resilience and character building. What I witnessed with my dad is he never spent the second feeling sorry for himself. So you think about my dad's a man's man, if you will. So my dad was six nine, two seventy, James Earl Jones voice, Ooh, built wow. houses. He was a big rock of a man. I okay. would have been attracted to your dad. Larry. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Different show. I will tell you about my dad. My dad did not drink or use profanity. His vice was women. Yes. So, <laughs> all right, your dad would have been in trouble. <laughs> But loving the death. But what I would tell you is I never saw my dad feel sorry for himself. Mm-hmm. What I saw was a man that said, okay, I still got a family to provide for. And so he literally left our home, went to a school in Birmingham, Alabama for the blind and learned to do things wow. to earn an income 
for the family, even though he had no hindsight. So my dad made leather goods and sold them in the community. So he would sell belts and shoes and anything else. And in hindsight, I think the community recognized what my dad was trying to do. So they all came to him for their leather goods. Although quite honestly, in hindsight, some of it was not very high quality leather goods, but the community supported us in that way. So that was a point of of, uh, my first instance of understanding what it means to, despite your circumstances, to still succeed. That's uh, amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, and you make assumptions. You hear someone has glaucoma and they can't see. And so sort of their life is over, especially back in the 70s, right, when the the tools and the resources maybe weren't where they are today. But your father was able to exhibit this entrepreneurial spirit at a time when black folk weren't necessarily hearing about entrepreneurs. Not at all. I wasn't hearing about it in my house. Not at all. all. Not at all. That's amazing. That that then speaks to who you were, watching your father take care of his family despite his circumstance. So tell us more about how that helped you be who you are today. So, yeah, so that that taught me, hey, life is going to show up. It's how you respond to it that matters. So fast forward and I'm in high school. Um, I play ball in high school, basketball. And I earn a scholarship to college. And so I go through college on a basketball scholarship. But I would tell you a funny story that I always tell people, they say, well, what motivated you to be successful? And for me, it was simple. Um, I am, I have a large family and we didn't have a uh, washer and dryer in the house. Uh, We went to a laundromat every day. And my only goal in life was I'm going to figure out a way to get a house with a wash and dryer. That was it. I don't want anything else because I hate it going to the laundromat. And I'm not trying to disparage anyone that stills in that space, but that was my motivation. I didn't know anything about anyone else. I didn't, I didn't have doctors, lawyers, or anything and had no idea that what I do for a living even existed. So everything that I had motivation for was around um, getting a wash and dryer. And that was it. Uh, and I think it's important, and I'll talk a minute about goal setting, why I think that's important, because if you think about tackling or making wherever you are today, if you think about making a million dollars one day and you you're making minimum wage, well, that seems impossible. But if you think about going from minimum wage to ten dollars an hour to fifteen dollars an hour, that's manageable. So you have to manage your goal setting in order to achieve that ultimate goal. Yes. And I just want to go back for a second, Larry, because your motivation was the washer. Yeah, and the dryer. That was it. And mm. I, I mean, that actually took me back because I remember when my parents um, got divorced and my mom was a single mom, of course, and we had to go to the laundromat. I had never been to the laundromat before my life prior. <laughs> what? No, because because we were upper middle class. But when my mom right. and parents divorced, seriously, Daniel, my mom became, you know, low uh, upper lower class. I guess that's one way to it's say it. It's interesting when we try to describe what our parents were, because they would be proud and say they were not necessarily. Yes. Yes. yes <laughs> we were poor. We, we were poor. We were poor. <laughs> but I remember that. And I remember that I said to my mom one, one time when we were folding clothes and it was hot. And I was like, oh, my God, I wish you were still married. And then she looked at me and she says, but I wasn't happy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. Hey, right. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, I'm worried about, I'm here exactly. folding clothes <laughs> and I'm hating it. So I, I have some understanding of what you are talking about, that being a goal. Like, I just want a house, a washer and dryer. Yeah. That's it. Simply, that is simple to to, to shoot for. But clearly, not only did you shoot for that, you are over the moon with regards to where you are today. 
Thank you. And, and it's, it's all about that, the, the blessings along the way, the breaks along the way, and people helping me along the way. Absolutely. Yes. So, Larry, I was one of the first, if not the first. I, I always feel uh, guilty about saying the first. There were probably extended folk in my family who went to college. But um, in my immediate family, I was definitely the first one to go to, um, to college. And uh, I know what that feels like to be a trailblazer. Yep. So I'm just really curious how that experience of going to college, how that experience of being a ball player, um, how that played into um, your your uh, next steps in life. And actually, I'm going to just say for for the record, we actually were going to take a break right now, yes. but we are feeling so good about this. We actually are going to muddle through. Our breaks really are for us to get um, used to having sponsorships and having people know where our commercials would be. But we're going to continue on right now for um, another segment because I'm feeling this and I don't want to break it and, up. And I just want to say, I'm loving you right now, friend. <laughs> <laughs> so our first guest has already made us break, break our, our process. So we're <laughs> just going to keep on going through. Right, um, so, yeah. So what was the next step after college? You, you go to college. You're the, one of the first in your family to go to college. Yes. What was yes. the next step? So I go to college, um, playing ball, uh, play at Auburn University, come out of college, uh, get drafted to the what was then the United States Basketball League, the Miami Tropics. And I decided not to go play. What? what? Yes. And yes. What, was they offering you money? Yes, they were. But and that's like every black no. man's dream. No, don't say that. Not but, but, every no, black no, no, man's no, no, dream. No, 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 no. We're talking real talk. When you talk to young black men today, that's every man's dream is to be a ball player. Okay, okay. I or a rapper. Let me clarify something. Uh, it shouldn't something. be their dream, but it is. But let me clarify something. Or let me just Welcome inject. to the Up and Down show. Yes. Me, no, 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 no. No, no, but let me just interject. Uh, you know, we're not monolithic. And the fact that you make that statement for some young African-American boy who is a scientist, who wants to be a scientist, never is into sports. So I just kind of. I'm happy to know I am one of those monolithic or non-monolithic boys. So you are correct. So I just want to we we know that there's a great number of African-American boys who have aspirations to go to a professional sport. But there's a whole group of African-American boys who wants to build rockets. Absolutely. And we just talked about that today. And we are so proud of those boys. And yes. we are meeting someone who actually turned down yes. the money of ball. Like ball money is big money. So ball that's amazing. Money. Ball money. Ball money. <laughs> <laughs> so you turned down the ball money. Yes, I turned down the ball money. Um, and I want to be very transparent on this show in order that it that somebody somewhere is hearing this and it helps them move from where they are to a different space. And so it wasn't easy. It was a decision that I talked with my coach about, I talked to my family about, and everyone to a person said, go play ball, go play ball. And ultimately uh, I decided not to. And here's why I decided not to. So I became a father when I was 18. <gasps> Shut your mouth. Yes. And I had a daughter that Incredible young lady, incredible woman, great mother. But I recognized that that mother was standing on her own and allowed me to go to college and do what I was doing. Mm. And I knew that ball was going to take me around the world. So I had offers to go play overseas. And a part of me felt like I couldn't do that to that child. I couldn't be unfair and be disconnected any longer. So I turned it down. Wow. And I came back to West Palm and I started working in my professional career. Oh, my goodness. that That's I didn't know that. So yes. I just have a newfound respect for you. <laughs> that's so you chose family over career. I Well, I over chose money. a responsibility. I, I recognized that that child didn't have to come in this world. And yeah. so I had a responsibility to man up and say, 
Her mother has done an incredible job to date, but it's not her sole responsibility. No. And that Bravo. because I was off playing ball and she was doing everything she could and doing an incredible job and still does an incredible job. I need to do my part, not just financially, but be there present in that child's life. And that's what I did. Well, I applaud you for that. That's that's absolutely wonderful. You know, it's interesting as the up and down show, um, you being our very first uh, guest, typically people would jump to the meat of why our guests come in and talk about (laughs) sort of what makes you the most impressive person that you pin the nose. Oh, wow. Now, you know. Now, but 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 now but we've learned things that you pinned didn't even know. And this was what the show is all about. It is about the human people that we represent, right? It is not about our successes. It is about the journeys that we go on that make us who we are today. Exactly. I have a saying that every man or woman that got to where he is had to come from where he was. And so I want people hearing this to understand that when they hear the journey about where I am today, they don't think that I had a privileged background and they can't achieve it. They understand that, no, my background may be very similar to yours. Where I am today is because Despite those circumstances, I still achieved. Yes. And you can too. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a wonderful message to give anyone that's listening to this show, whether they're young or old. And I think about when we have um, the job that we work, we offer a fellowship. And that fellowship um, with regards to the age range, it's from 18 to 80. Pretty much. You could be later in life and want to achieve even further than what you have. And with that fellowship, we're specifically looking for individuals in the communities that we serve who um, maybe have not made it. Quotes. You can't see. This is a podcast. You can't see my air quotes, but who have not made it. Some people have had successes. Some people haven't. But it's about their commitment to their community and their internal uh, person and and, and dignity that we assess and when we meet them and interview them. And absolutely. But more. More importantly, like you just said, this is about their journey. How do we cultivate their journey? Yes, yes. Yes. That's wonderful. So you have this amazing opportunity. You have this ball money. You have a family come in. I didn't ask if you were married or not. That's not important. But I'm getting to know you. Were you married with the woman that you had the child with? Nope, I was not. Were you guys a family unit or were you guys doing that sort of co-parenting? Nope, she got married to someone else my daughter, I think, was two or three years old. But that did not discount my responsibility. So you still, even in that scenario, you make the decision to be a man, to be a father, to stay local, and to reapply your gifts in a different way. Absolutely. So what did that look like? Where did you go? So I started my career in banking and commercial banking. I was, uh, I started out in actually, so I was in this trainee program to be a loan officer. But when I got there, they said there was some hiccup in the process, the economy changed, so you're gonna go in collections. So I started out calling people and saying, hey, you late on your payment. Oh, <laughs> oh I hate people like you. <laughs> I, hope, I hope they don't do this anymore, but there was something called skip tracing. Skip tracing means that you go through this process of finding people and then you show up and knock on their door. No, So you on didn't. Saturday mornings, to this bank, I apologize. <laughs> On Saturday mornings, you're supposed to go out between 8 and 2 a, two p.m. So we're not opening our door between 8 and 2 <laughs> I don't. I hope they don't do this anymore. I hope they don't do this anymore. But you're supposed to go out and knock on people's doors and ask them for their payment. I never did it. Oh, my wow. goodness. I would go to the mailbox, leave someone in the mailbox and leave. Um, <laughs> so, 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 I'm going to say this. I can see Larry being the black... Collector. Exactly, exactly. At six five coming to your door talking about yeah. Give me my money. Give me my money. You know, there's so much that we 
want to talk about. There's all the stuff that we haven't even touched what we came here to talk about, what you came here that I thought I wanted to talk about. But how does a brother growing up in the the hood, or is that okay that I say hood? That's what it is. Growing up in the hood of West Palm Beach, and I I know that Tamarind, Rosemary, I've lived in Palm Beach County for 13 years. I'm in Miami now. So I know. How does a brother growing up in that environment Go to banking. Yes. That doesn't happen. Why banking? Not. How did that is happen? That not? So I had an uncle, and this is the, the value of family and how you carry yourself and present yourself. I had an uncle who worked security at the bank for years. Oh, wow. And, uh, and let me just stop you. Yes. You said security. Yes. So I just want our listeners to, to, to yes. know security. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So when I came out, at the time, I had no idea about this. I didn't know what a recession meant. I happened to finish undergrad in the middle of a recession, so there were no jobs. Wow. And so I go to my uncle, and because my uncle had carried himself in a certain way at that bank in security, he had a conversation with somebody. And I show up, and they're like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And that's how I started in collections. That's how I got into banking. Wow. That's amazing. That is um, amazing. Uh, Well, I got a question. Did you give him $100 on the back end? (laughs) So I would tell I would tell you I would give you some I would give you some data points to to just give you some and then we'll talk about some more data points. I know from forget I was making they offered me seventeen thousand five hundred a year. Can I ask you what year that was? This was nineteen ninety two ninety three. Okay, just put a pin there. Keep going. Keep going. I'm gonna put a pin in my head. I negotiated and got eighteen five. Okay. So that was my starting annual salary. Okay. So, and my, I thought I was paid. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Larry, let me make you laugh. My first job out of college, I, I graduated with a master's in social work. And my first job, they offered me $18,000. And this was in, in um, 1995 here in Palm Beach County, my first official job with a master's. $18,000, Larry. And I was like, I never made $18,000 exactly. before. Exactly. And I took it. But I had a master's in about a year and a half into doing the job. All these other master's level social workers like, we're making 32. I'm like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> so finish your story. I just want to bring that. Like, when you yes. never made that kind of money before. You, you don't know. You think, hey, well, I made it. Since we're sharing salaries, I, I will share that at that same time in about 19, what'd you say, 95? That was 95 for me. I was a Yale graduate in 1995, and I was probably making about 16, no, probably as a Yale graduate bussing, not bussing tables, but waiting tables at an Italian singing server restaurant. Yes, thank you very much. So y'all are kicking my ass already. So uh, you're making eighteen five. So I'm making eighteen five. I'm I'm collecting overdue car notes and car loans and everybody else loan, uh, and I'm doing that and. Working my way up through the bank and doing well by my, my standards, anyway, what I thought at the time. And I had a friend, a great friend of mine, who was going to grad school. Now, let me be transparent about something. I played basketball. I grew up in the hood. That was who I was and still am in a lot of regards, 90%. I just happen to be a very, very good student. I tell everyone, I'm a gifted student. Yes. I'm not a gifted athlete. I bust my behind to become a very good athlete. Wow. I put in a lot of work to do that. School always came easy to me. Mm. So I've got a friend who's saying he's going to grad school. I didn't know anything about grad school. I didn't even know what it meant. He's going and he's talking about it. 
And at first, he's not getting my attention. He got my attention when he was showing me the starting salaries for somebody with who has what they call an MBA. Yes. And I'm like, I'm getting one of those. Wow. So I start, and this is the important part about planning and goal setting. From that day forward, I fast forward to when I wanted to go to grad school, and I backtracked and did everything on that timeline. So I bought a new car, but I only find I bought a car that I could afford and only financed for two and a half years. What kind of car was it? it was I, a I always Nissan Maxima. A Nissan. Wow! Shut it A Nissan. Did you Maxima. buy it brand new or was it used? It had a Bose system and leather, and then it had a spoiler on the back, and it was what cream, but had like this cream beige. Oh, you couldn't tell okay, me I wasn't the man. So, so I got to say this. So when he <laughs> bought that car and went back to the hood, he was the man. Oh, yes. He was, was the man I and was. not a drug dealer. And I went and got some you, rims you, on you it. You were a man. Yes, yes. You were the man and not a yes. drug dealer to be the yes, man. Yes, you, Pinda, what yes. was your first car? Just side note real fast. The first car I actually bought with when I became salarized was a Nissan Altima. But you said salarized. What, did you mean you had a car before you were salarized? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you were real privileged. All no, right, no, now. No, I didn't mom, realize who I was sitting next to. No, my mom bought me my first car when I graduated from high school. All right. So we have nothing in common, I'm now realizing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My first car was after graduating from college, from Yale University. After a year and a half of waiting tables, I bought a Ford Festiva. What? 1991 Ooh. Ford Festiva. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me just back up for a second. So I... I had a car when I turned 16. It was my mom's hand-me-down. My official first, you don't know this. I'm going to blow your mind. My official brand new car was a Ford Festiva pink and white. My mom bought me for graduation. I didn't say my Ford Festiva was new. My (laughs) Ford Festiva was five years old. Clearly, the message here, boys and girls, is do not go to Ivy League colleges. <laughs> yeah, that was my graduation gift. She bought me a 1990 brand new Ford Festiva. It was 4335. That is amazing. So we have our first guest ever, Mr. Larry Patrick. We are talking about his experience growing up in West Palm Beach. He has a very colorful life. I, I just, I love learning about individuals' yes. backstories, yes. right? Well, I thought we were going to jump right in. Uh, he is a gentleman who has made a career around investing and money, and we haven't even touched upon that. We're coming up on our first break. Should have been our second break, but we were so enthralled with you, Larry, that we couldn't even take our first break. But we're coming up on our first break, and when we come back, we're going to get into actually your career, what you did to actually make money, and advice you have for for our, uh, our, our brothers and sisters out there who maybe think making money is not part of their life story. And specifically as it relates to their own income, that's what I want to learn about. Me yes. being someone who's trying to make it, you know, trying to save. How can I do this and how can I invest? All right, so we got a woman whose mother bought her first car Shut who up. doesn't feel like she can actually <laughs> save money. I also feel like I need advice from you. So we're coming back. Larry, it's so good to have you here. Can't wait for our next segment. We will be back in two. Thank you. 
right, and we are coming back here. You know, one of the most beautiful things about having the breaks, even though we didn't take a break earlier, is actually getting to know our guest and getting to know our producer and getting to just sort of talk off air. Um, and I will say that I, I wish that we had recorded what just happened because there's a lot of really wonderful, juicy pieces of information in this room right now, including, I don't know if we shared this earlier, but Larry is actually the cousin of Greg's. And so just wanted and, and to just point that out. for those who are just tuning in, Greg <laughs> is our producer. Let's be clear. Well, you've Greg. used the name Greg a few times. So yeah, that people, Greg is a character. Greg spoke the, <laughs> the last time we did a podcast. Surprised us. We were into communicating. We're looking at each other and all of a sudden Greg spoke. We bo both looked at each other like, what the? All right. One of the fun things we do at the end of all these podcasts is we come up with names for the podcast and for the di different segments. Yes. And for that segment, the segment was called Greg, Greg Speaks. Spoke. Yes, Greg Speaks. <laughs> Yes. So, Larry, you are actually Greg's cousin. Yes. I just learned that, but yes. really, you said yes. you, you guys are more like brothers. Yeah. You we, guys grew up next to each other. We grew up like brothers. So, there are a total of four of us, but we were, as they say, thick as thieves and did everything together. And so, to this day, he's my cousin, but he's my brother. That is yeah. amazing. And I will also share this little tidbit that we're going to jump back into your story. But something that Greg shared was in your journeys together as cousins, brothers. And I have many cousin brothers myself growing up. It takes a village, right? Yes. Uh, that Greg actually accredits you for being someone in his life who sort of snapped him out of a, a sort of a period in his life where he wasn't focused and he wasn't on the right track. He tells everybody that story, but he but he doesn't tell this part of the story. All right. What's, what's his part I, of the story? I give him equal credit because I will tell you a, a little bit of insight about your producer. Okay. So I've always <laughs> said he's a different kind of brother. Yes, he is. And so I want to give you a little insight into what that means. Imagine you're growing up in the housing projects. You get a call from your cousin, Greg, and he says, hey, man, put on all white. I'm like, huh? <laughs> so put on all white. We're going to go out to Wallington, which is where west of here and where all the wealthy people live. You were going to say white people. I was. Yeah, you can hey, say that. We don't edit it here. You were going to say okay, white yeah, people. Yes, I was. I was. <laughs> and he says, we're going to go watch a polo match. <laughs> I'm Greg, like, you what? took it. <laughs> So again, imagine you growing up in housing projects in the hood. We play basketball and football on the street. We don't right. even put on white and go watch polo matches. <laughs> but when I think about that in hindsight, you have to understand that there's a world that exists outside your surroundings. Yes. And that brother always took me beyond what we saw every day. So he took me beyond the drug dealing and the broken glass and the fights and everything. He took me to another world and he weaved and he still weaves in and out of those worlds easily, which I don't know where he got it from. I do know his mother, but he never meets a stranger. And so uh, he talks about what I did for his life. He inspired me and, and opened my eyes Aww. to a new way of thinking and being. So that he deserves equal credit. Uh, amazing. That is amazing. Who knew that about Greg? Uh, we, like, we, I didn't know. And I don't want to know anymore because his head is getting big. <laughs> and we're taking away his microphone. You are not speaking again, Greg. This is the up and down with Daniel and, and you, you pinned up. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> Not with Greg. <laughs> uh, but Larry, let's let's move on and, and yes. talk about you today. Right. We talked a lot about your story yes. and there's a lot more story that can be told, I'm sure. Yes. But what do you do today? What is your, your career? What is your field? So I am a partner at a firm called PricewaterhouseCoopers, PwC for short. So, and, so let me just kind of pause right there. Yes. You are a partner. Yes. Partner. I'm, yes. I'm saying it over again. Partner. Yes. Okay. So, and then I'll help the audience who may not understand what that means, understand what that means. So if you think about other uh, corporations, and I, and I will use some names just to provide context. So if you think about familiar household names like a Delta or a Home Depot, they are owned by the stock of that company. Well, PwC of equal size to a Delta or Home Depot is owned by the partners. So I am a owner in a firm that is of the same size and magnitudes of those organizations. Wow. Yeah. So that's a big jump for where we left off. So yes, how, how, did, how did you become a partner, <laughs> partner. of PwC? Can well, I become a partner? <laughs> I want to be a partner. partner. <laughs> Yes. So you're a partner. Yes. Dang. Yes. I've been a partner 10 years. All right. Uh, so Wow. Yeah. I mean, seriously, can, yeah. can me and the, the up and down show become a partner? <laughs> 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 Thank you, Greg. So what's interesting for, for me as I'm sitting across the table from you, Larry, is, is, again, we talked about earlier, young black boys and girls don't necessarily have bankers as right. sort of role models yes. for them. Um, the word partner isn't something that we know normally here in um for um brown boys and girls black Correct. and brown boys and girls Correct. uh so you are now in the financial industry so pwc is does what's referred to as professional services okay. so there are two that are very familiar i think to everyone which is accounting and tax i'm not in either one of those spaces but we have three lines of services accounting tax and then the third one is consulting i'm in our consulting practice okay, okay. and what does that consist of so our consulting practice is Massive. Uh, PwC is the largest professional services company in the world. Uh, we've got about a little shy of 300,000 employees around the world and offices all around the world. Um, and our consulting practice, in a nutshell, uh, goes into corporations and help them do what they do faster, quicker, more efficient. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. So let me ask you a question as it relates to that. Just so some of our audience members, because we work, we're social workers. We're, so yes. many of our audience members are our extended network from the yes. nonprofit sector. Yes. What does that look like for a nonprofit if they were to um, engage you all in consulting services? So I, it's really about process. So okay. if, I can tell you because of the way I'm trained, if I sit and just observe this show and the production of this show, I could take two or three minutes out of this process to get this show started. And that may sound small, but it's a lot. But if you think about any organization and things that you may relate to, if you think about when you show up um, pre COVID, when you show up in a line at a department store or at a restaurant, that weight in that line is time that that transaction could money. be processed and the next transaction could start. Mm -hmm. Anything that I can do to speed that process, create a better experience for you is money. So everything you see sort of has money attached to it or the ability to transfer everything that into I money. Everything I see has a process attached to it and that process has value. Whether that value delivers a better experience for you, more money to the bottom line, what ha the, the value piece of the equation is the fallout and the result of the 
process improvement. It's you know interesting. I'm sorry. You know, no, I was gonna say. You know what? I, I bet you are just horrible to go out with. If I was your wife, you're like, just stop <laughs> it, stop it. We are just here. Just be in the moment, damn it. Yes, just absolutely. Be in the, yeah, yeah. the moment. I don't oh. need you to tell them yeah. how to do their business. Oh, yeah, shut I, up, Larry. Yes, just yes. shut up. Uh, uh, <laughs> but you I, have three watch, kids, right? Yes, yes, you have yes, three yes. kids, and you have three kids who you can teach these things to. Because I know from my, me myself, who had this wonderful um, experience of going again uh, to the the life experiences that I've had. I didn't have a male role model to walk me through the ability to transfer my experiences into money making yes. experiences. Yes. I had yes. tons of role models to teach me how to enjoy life. Yeah and to appreciate life yeah. but nobody talked to me how to make my experiences transfer into money yes. how did you yeah. learn that was that something that came innately did it just did you were you trained to think that way so i will tell you i i was blessed with an incredible village and my older brother used to take me to work with him and and um he's a blue collar worker if you will and he would always drill in my head you know, you make a dollar, save a dime, make a dollar, save a dime. And he would have me repeat that, make a dollar, save a dime. And so that's always stuck with me. Wow. And that's where I started. So when I was making 18.5, I was putting a dime of that dollar away. And it wasn't until later in life when I started learning about investing in the stock market and removed the myth from it that I figured out I could take that dime and I can make that dime work far harder for me than I would in any job. And wow. when I started doing that and I made my money work as hard as I was working, then it opened up a new world for me. So it you really just, that, that's important. You said you make your money work as hard as you work. Harder than me. Yes. My money needs to be working harder than okay, I Okay. So kind of go a little bit more into that for those who are listening, because I, I feel you when you say that. Yes. And for um, this guy listening too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking notes over here. <laughs> but yeah, yes. I mean, I think that's a wonderful uh, way to think about it is, 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 Make your money work harder than you're working. What, what is that? So I'm going to go backwards for a second because I think there are a couple of important points I need to make before I get to mm -hmm. that. Just, in, mm -hmm. just okay. for a go second, for if you will. So for the vast majority of us, I'm going to ask this question back to you. Actually. Go for it. Um, what's the number one way that you make money? <laughs> Going to work every day and getting a paycheck going to work every day and Getting making pay a paycheck. paycheck. Yeah, I would, I would say that's, that's basically that's it. So, here, so here's where my process is a train. Your number one way of making money is you doing something. Right. Mm. So the first person that you've got to invest in and maximize that value is yourself. Right. And it doesn't matter what space you're in. I don't care if you're baking cookies, making napkins. I don't care what it, you have to maximize your value because for the vast, vast majority of us, our value derives from ourselves first. But so now you're talking to two upwardly mobile Gen Xers. I'm reading our profile here. <laughs> <laughs> but two upwardly mobile Gen Xers who have made it. You know, in our family, we've made it, right? Right. We've made it. And I don't. That, that sounds wonky to me. That doesn't like. Well, how do I invest in myself? How do I put myself so first? I got bills to pay. You're doing it now. Okay. So you all have created this concept in this show. The show will garner an audience because you're being authentic and real. As a result of that, that audience has spending power. As a result of that, you will have sponsors that want to be have a presence on your show. By you doing what you do, investing in yourself, honing your craft around this, this show, you create value for yourself. That value will derive at some point economic benefit to you. 
Now, the key is what you do with that economic benefit, right? Mm -hmm. But you, right now, you're creating value for yourself. Mm. So I don't care if you, you know, I have a young lady um, that teaches school. And she's taught school for years at elementary age. And in conversations with her, she was talking about what she makes and how little the income is. But as I kept talking to her and dialoguing, you could hear that she had so much knowledge around kids and how kids learn. So I said to her, why don't you write a child, children's book? Mm. And she did. And you can buy it now. So those are the things that when you start to take a step back and you have someone that can bounce these things off you and someone that's experienced who's been on the journey can help you understand where your value is and how to capitalize on that value. So, so let wow. me just kind of go a little bit further further with that. We actually create our value. We yes. start seeing some earnings. Yes. We pay our producer first. Yes. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> we pay our pro so how do, how do we go about investing back into to ourselves that way? That's so, what I want to know. I few things. First and foremost, the stock market is your friend. You can look at you can look at my four hundred one k right now and realize it ain't my, <laughs> it's not friend, my friend at yes, it all. Is. In fact, the true story: a couple of weeks ago, I called my 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 four hundred one k people to have a conversation with them, and, <laughs> and and it's so funny because you know during this pandemic, people are so real. Yes. So I called him. I said, "Hey," and he told me his name. It's like I'm here to help you. And I said, "Yeah, I just want to know what my current balance is." And the first thing he said, mm. <laughs> <laughs> when someone says. Mm, and I was like, what does mm mean, Steve? And he was like, well, you had more in the fall than you have now. <laughs> well, that was true for just about everybody. Yeah, but the way, but the way he said it, it was like, wow. He said, hmm. I was like, just yeah. give it to me. Give it to me real, Steve. Give it to me real. So, so the whole point yeah. I bring that up, the stock market is not my friend right it now. It absolutely is because this is when you want to be buying, right? So... You really? want to buy, yeah, you want to be buying and investing when things are low. So point number one. Okay. Buy low, Daniel. Buy low. Well, what does that mean? Everybody says that, right? Buy low, sell high. Yeah, that's, but what does that mean? That means that you have to be disciplined in your approach to investing. And so while everybody else is on bad news, that's when you're buying. So you buy on the bad news, you sell on the good news. And you have to stay disciplined. Buy on the bad, sell on the good. So let me hold up because it looks like we're going to go into another segment. Um, <laughs> yes. This is fascinating. How many rules are there? You, you said the first rule is buy low. How many rules would you say there are? So I'm probably going to give you three to five rules because right. I try to keep this very simple. And because I don't want I want to remove the fear of the stock market. All right. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. This is very non-traditional. Yes, I'm actually yes. going to ask you to spit out the three to five rules right now by name. So we don't sort of treat each one because I, we only have one more segment to come back. I, there's 50 million questions that I want to ask of you. Yes. And yes. the truth of the matter is, I think no matter all these rules, just buying low already, I'm hearing wah, 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 wah. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. even know what the hell that means. Right. I, and so I'm tuning out. And right. I think for our listeners, if I know myself, like I need to know that this is accessible to me. So it what is. are the other, other just, just spiel them out. What are they? Buy, so buy what low. you know. Buy what you know. Yes. And I'll go into detail about what all these means. By what you know, what's yes. the next one? Stay disciplined. Stay disciplined. Yes. Okay. Wait, that's three is good enough. All right. That. So buy low, buy what you know. Yes. And stay disciplined. Yes. All right. So those are going to be the three rules, our, our, our tricks of the trade. I'm going to give you one more. One more. Go the for it. The market is built on greed and fear. 
Ooh, that I think I like market that one. Market is built on, on greed, greed and fear. And fear. So if I wanted to buy, am I greed or am I fear? Which one am I? <laughs> Can I answer that? Can I answer that? Ooh, yes. me, 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 yes, me, yes, me. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to go to a break right now, and then I'm going to come back and let you know if you are greed or fear. We have 15 more minutes to come back and talk to our friend, Mr. Larry Patrick. Larry Patrick. Larry, you are educating me about so much. You're about to make me some money. You pinned up. I want my money to make money for me. I want my money to make it for me too. All right. Woo woo. <laughs> And here we go for our final segment with Larry Patrick. Larry, you have been an amazing first guest. I've enjoyed this. This the, has been enjoyable. I knew you were going to be amazing, Larry. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I did. You're like, why are we inviting Larry? <laughs> no, 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 seriously. I knew that you were going to be an amazing first guest for us yeah. because you're yeah. Larry. Yeah, exactly. You're Larry. Yeah. So I, I, I really have enjoyed listening to your story now I want to know now how I'm, and this show is completely about me and Daniel. Let's Absolutely. And we enjoy that other people are coming along for the ride, but now we want to know. You last segment we talked about four things with regards to investing. Yes. Buy low, buy what you know, stay disciplined, and the market is based on greed and fear. Yes. So those are your sort of four principles that you throw yes, out to, yes. about making money. Can you just yes. talk sort of just briefly, quickly yes. about that? I'm going to start in the reverse, the concept it. of greed and fear. So if you think about when you just mentioned your 401k is down, when people hear that, they all get scared and they pull their money out. That's the worst thing to do. You should okay. be buying more. There's a concept called dollar cost averaging. I can't go into it now, but basically as you buy more as the stock is going down, you're lowering your average cost, which okay. means that as it so goes So the market's up, depending on our fear. The market's exactly. expecting us to pull out. Exactly. You're so smart, Dan. Wow, exactly. okay. Exactly. Wow, you're smart. Exactly. That's amazing. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. All right, yes. so yes. Yes. That, that, I and didn't that understand. ties into the buy low. So that, that ties in. So as the market is going down and everybody's talking about the economy's bad and everything, the world's coming to an end, you stay disciplined, buy, 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 buy. When you still buy. It, you don't just keep your money. No, you Because I've been buy, told buy, to buy. keep your money, but you're saying not just keep your money, but you yes. buy. You buy, actually buy, put buy, your buy. money yes. in a yes. in a dysfunctional market. Yes. yes. But we can do this because we're both dysfunctional. We got this. We got, we got this. We got this. I, I literally am sweating again right now. We got this. Boo -boo. We got this. We can do this. We're both dysfunctional. All right. So don't don't fall don't fall prey to your fear. Buy low. Yes. And then keep buy going. what you yes. know. Buy what you know. Buy what you know. So I hear people. We talk about, and I think we're going to get into this, is the, the the fear that some folks have about the stock market. And because they hear these stories about people losing all their money and jumping out of windows and everything. And I will tell you that happens when people start buying things they don't understand. Buy what you understand. So where you shop every day, where you go every day, where you, who you, where you spend your money, chances are they're going to be there tomorrow. So I have a question as yes. it relates to that. So I yes. should be buying Zoom right now because Zoom is what I know. Well, <laughs> buy what you know. Don't yeah. go buy something. If someone is talking to you about the next cure for cancer and someone has it, I don't know that you know anything about that space. So okay. don't take a chance there. Okay. But okay. if you're using that technology every day, 
I bet. But yes. buying Zoom today is what I've always heard is like kind of a thankless. Uh, if, if people are talking about it, it's too late is what I've always heard. Well, but the, the thing you got to understand is sustainability over time. Yes. So when you're starting, this is when you're starting out. Now, once you get experience and I will tell you the stock market is as easy as ABCs and one, two, threes once you get over the fear factor. OK. And so I'm telling you and your audience, when you start out, eliminate the risk. And eliminating the risk is just buy what you know. Where you go every day, buy that. Okay. Who do you travel with every day, buy that. And when, okay. and when you're buying that and you're seeing masses, because those brands aren't going away overnight. Okay. okay. And then the last one was stay, stay disciplined. disciplined. What do you got to say about stay disciplined? So I, I have a, a concept. And, and I talked about my brother taught me about make a dollar, save a dime. My other thing is if it's not painful, you're not saving enough. Yes. <gasps> Yes, yes, yes. yes. That I, I understand. <laughs> that I do understand. And I don't care how much money you make. Uh, I don't yes. care how much money you if make. If it's painful, it's not enough. If it's not painful. <gasps> if it's painful, it's enough. Yes. Oh, okay. So right. I'm really... And because the same thing goes with fundraising. We're in the, the yeah. world of... of, of um, nonprofits, nonprofits raising, raising money. Nonprofits raising money and something. Charity. You always say, people say, how much should I give? You say, you to, give until, you give enough until, until it hurts. hurts. It hurts. Yes. Yeah. So with saving, you also, you save until it hurts. Until it hurts. Oh, that's wow. when you know you're saving enough. All right. That one just hit me because I knew that. <laughs> that's the one out of the four that I knew and I still avoid. Yes. So save yeah. until it hurts. So we just, a couple of weeks ago on our first episode, Larry, we talked about the... the something we should do is actually have a budget when we go to the store. Yeah. So, so you that, notice we never talked about that again. Yes, but I'm just <laughs> because saying, we avoid it because it's so scary for it's us. It's scary for us to have a budget to go to the store. So we talked about the fact that I thought I was doing good. Mm -hmm. I went to Total Wine yes. and I was only going there for one thing and I left there $234 later. <laughs> and that was not the, the mission. But part of my thinking of why I did a good job, because in my mind, I love Whisper and Angel. The, the wine, uh -huh. the rosé. Yes. And, and any other store, it's like um, $24, $25, but at Total Wine, it's $17. So uh -huh. I was saving money. So you saved money. But Daniel said, no, that is not the point of the exercises to stick to a budget. Right. You actually know how much money do I have to spend at Total Wine, and that's what you live within. So then here's the thing you can do. So you pay yourself first. So establish whatever that pain threshold is for you to save. And then you can have guilt-free spending because at that point you can say, well, I've paid myself first. I've made it painful. So what I spend on from there, if you want to spend more money at a wine store than you budgeted, you've already paid yourself first. So you don't have to have that guilt of feeling like I'm overspending or I did something. You so can walk in and do Wait, wait, wait. Let me ask. So when you say pay yourself first, does that mean, because for me, again, because you have to realize we are your audience, right? Yes. We don't think the way you think. I, I when you, you said pay yourself first, yes. I thought allowance. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately thought how much money I got to spend. Oh, I can spend more money? But you actually mean when you say pay yourself, you mean put money away. Yes. Exactly. Oh, Jesus. Yes, yes, I'm yes, sweating yes. again. <laughs> I'm sweating again. But, but when you say put money away, like, like, Okay, if you're gonna put money away, do you have a strategy for that, Larry? Like, if if we make a certain amount, how much should we be putting away to pay ourselves first? To the point that it's painful. But 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 I get that, but I don't get that, and I'm and I'm just that's a reality to the point that it's painful. And so, I don't know if we have enough time to define that, but but I, I love the definition of until it hurts. Is there a percentage that you that you? Yeah, that's like what to, I'm looking for. So first thing is for those who have a 401k, you should absolutely positive 
positively max out whatever your company matches for your 401k. I do. I do. Because that's free money. Yes, it is. So it's max free. that out. I'm failing this test right now. <laughs> I max mine. Yeah. All right. And so. then from there, so I will share with you, I started a, and one of my goals is, um, and I, I have to give credit to a, a brother that's famous. So I happen to be, my job has blessed me to be in certain settings. So I happen to be in a meeting with the actor Hill Hopper. He doesn't even know this. And He's it so was sexy. I don't know about that part, but so I'm in a meeting with Hill yes. Hopper. And it's about 20 of us in Hill. And he said something. He said, I am unashamedly trying to make as much money as I can to fuel my passion. Amen. And his passion, to the audience that may not know, is really to impact the lives of Black people in a positive way. Yes. And I heard that and I was like, wow, that's my passion. And so what I've done is I try to educate as many people as I can on investing, so much so that I've seeded probably to date 10 investment clubs, meaning I teach people how to invest. I join a club and then I have them take that club and go forward. So I'll give you an example. I started in 98 with my first fund with my family. We started with $35. So I'm telling you, it doesn't take a lot of money. Okay. We did $35 a month. That was it. And over time, that fund has sent kids to college. It has paid mortgages. It has bought houses. It paid is, mortgages off? Yes. How much money are you yes. putting into it now? Because you say $35. $35. Really? We've never increased it. No. Individual. So, wow. That, that's so amazing. Took, so when you t- say that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like literally like, we're starting a up and down fun after this goddamn show, Daniel. <laughs> uh, we apologize for the use of, of um, using our godfather's name in vain right now. But seriously, like yes. you started that, that was your first fun. So that what is that fun? fun? What does that fun look like today? So I'll have you guess about what it okay. is today. Oh, I love, but, I love this game. I but, love but, the guess but, game. So I want you to think about $35 a month. With, it started with... Uh, 10 of my family members. So about 3,500. And, but only about five stuck with it. But, and also over that time, again, we've sent kids to school. We've paid mortgages. We've done all this thing. So give me a guess what you think that fund is. Wait, 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 wait are we guessing what, how much money is in the fund today? Yes. But, but I, I would guess, no, wait, wait. I would guess $50,000. Okay. But let me just go back. Just as a I'm laughing because she said 35. <laughs> No, no, Thirty-five dollars, no. ten people, and you said thirty-five hundred. That would be three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> but I, I'm just tripping out on your math right now, sister. <laughs> no, no, no. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! But no, no, no. This is just a clarified question before I make my guesstimate as it relates to that. Is that you? You said only so many members participated. The question is only because only so many members participated. Is everybody uh, available to the resource? So your your percentage ownership is based on your contribution to the fund. Wow! So okay, they still a, have see, they still have they still have percentage ownership based but, on what they put into the fund. Correct. Okay. Right. So, so I, you know, you so, said and 50, I said fifty thousand. The truth is, I'm guessing because literally what you're saying is wah 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 wah. You have so <laughs> passed my level of understanding. So I'm gonna make a guess. Yes. What's that? So you you said fifty thousand. I'm gonna say two twenty five. Two hundred and twenty-five thousand. Yes, based on his his direct. I traffic. literally, honestly, I'm thinking there's two thousand dollars. So in you the guys are uh, uh, split it in half, and that's about what the fun is. Shut the front Absent, door. Uh, after split it in half. Yeah, so it's it's a little bit north of a hundred fifty. Yeah, so wow. but but that's 
That's after, again, sending, sending kids to college, not just one, but multiple kids to college, paying wow. mortgages, helping family members who- Can I be a family member? Uh, wait, 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 wait. We actually are, bill, we, we, we are bill, running out of time, Larry. And I actually think yes. that we are going to have to invite you back as a <laughs> guest because this is, this is remarkable. I this mean, is remarkable. Sent, they sent kids to college, they paid off mortgages, and they still have a, close to 175 inside a, 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 a actual fund. And they got $100,000 left. Okay, so, like, Larry, I, like, I was done. Like, I ain't got no money for the milk. When he's talking, I got no money. And seriously, um, I, I don't know if you know this. Your dad was my dad, so we're family. Can I get on that phone? <laughs> <laughs> we like <laughs> Honestly, we're coming to the end of our segment and 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 really the end of our episode. You yeah. lasted the entire episode, our first guest ever. What is one last piece of information that you would like to share with our listening audience? Uh, well, a couple of things. One is where I am today, anybody can do. So there's nothing magical or special about me at all. And that's why I wanted to share very details, great details about my childhood and upbringing, one. And then secondly, you have to get over the fear of investing. And that comes through trial and error and knowledge. And it's the technology, it's very easy to do. So get over that fear and financial freedom is the key. So I have one additional question as it relates yes. to that. Yes, so yes, yes. Based on this, today's conversation, Larry, if I wanted to invest $1,000 today, yes. where should I go to do that? So I'm not going to tell you that because my license to be a financial advisor, I no longer have. Okay, so but, I'm but, not going to tell you where to put your money. No, no, not but where what to put I'm, it. But what I will tell you is you are right now in the middle of one of the, there hasn't been a time in our lifetime that's a better time to invest because of what COVID did. Okay. And so if you think about the industries that are heavily impacted by COVID, yes. that were fundamentally sound, yes. travel industry, lodging industry, you have an opportunity to invest in those companies and really- Because they're going to build back up. Exactly. There is nothing fundamentally wrong Let me wrong clarify my, my question. Yes. So if I wanted to go to a brokerage firm, what would be the best firm for- Because I, I So I would say you don't need to go to a brokerage firm. The, in the palm of your hand, you have all the power to for. invest today. So you can but, do but everything. There, but there are people that are technically savvy and people that are not. So yes. if someone is confused, they have no idea what you mean by so the word if investment. If you can open your phone yes. and send a text message, you can open your phone and invest today. And I would be happy to come back and show you and bet anybody a dollar because that's all I bet. <laughs> you don't bet more than so you say that people can do this without actually hiring a professional. You don't need to hire having anybody a, professional. Having really? a Larry Patrick next to them no, to do this. Not at all. Oh my so, goodness. So, so last last question for, for me, for us. Yes. Would you help the up and down show in this? Yes, absolutely. We can start My, our own do, you, do you believe in our model? So if, if you, read, if you read, uh, I read a, a great documentary recently about the assassination of Dr. King. And yes. Dr. King, by those who were involved at that time, all say the reason he was assassinated wasn't about what he was doing on the surface of Black people. It was about the economic empowerment that he yes. was trying to provide yes. to Black people. Yes. I am convinced that the final frontier for us as a people is economic parity. Wow. My goal is to do all I can to bring economic parity. That gives you a seat at the table. That gives you a voice. I, you know what, Larry? Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. We appreciate you sharing your knowledge, sharing your time with us today. 
Yep. I, I, I agree with the, the, the thanks and the appreciation for the time. I'm actually having a little bit of a spiritual moment right now as I <laughs> sit here. As, and, and I'm the one, I know I'm the first one to cry and the first always, one to get emotional. Always. But I will say that I'm sitting here realizing that I needed to hear from you today, Larry. So thank you very much. Sorry, I have a huge fear when it comes to uh, saving money and realizing that I, uh, I can actually make my money work for yes. me. And I've always heard that, but I've never understood it and today i'm actually a lot closer to understanding that so i want to thank you very thank much you, larry, larry for being our first guest our first guest <laughs> and you know what usually we end every show with an up and which is usually a recommendation out to the community but the truth of the matter is we have already gone over and i can't even think of a better up than invest in yourself yes, invest in believe yourself. in yourself know that you are worth it yes. and and invest until it hurts Ouch. <laughs> Ouch, ouch, ouch. Thank you, Larry Patrick. Larry, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You're awesome.